It's time for another edition of the Best in Class podcast with the GM, the JoeBucksFan.com draft guru, Sean Sullivan. He's also the GM at Bill Curry Ford. But football, yeah, I'm going to say it, Sean. That is your number one passion, and your life's work is uh, coming true here on the Best in Class podcast. This is the long-awaited Best in Class All-Rookie Team Edition. So enjoy. I've already had the great opportunity to listen to it. It's a very good one with a side of Bucks Talk as well. Subscribe to the Best in Class podcast at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, other platforms, and you can listen right at JoeBucksFan.com. Here's Sean. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Best in Class, coming to you live from Bill Curry Ford Studios in Tampa. I am Sean Sullivan, and I'm accompanied by uh, a wonderful, sweet, young, single woman, Grace. And uh, we are getting into our Best in Class All-Rookie team, which I'm very excited about. But uh, first, let's talk about some of the things that are going on at Bill Curry Ford. One, we have a a wonderful buyback program for all pre-owned vehicles. Your car is never worth more than it is right now. We are paying over overbook value for cars. As you know, that there is a serious shortage of vehicles. I'm sure that everyone has seen it on the television, on the news, on the internet. However you get your information, it is a big deal going on right now. We're trying to figure out how we're going to run our business, but we're still getting along and I'm buying everything I can get my hands on. So please come down and see me or email me at bestinclass at billcurry.com. I can do business right over the email. You don't even have to come into the dealership as well as ordering a car. I'm ordering cars without deposits right now. So we can get you into your new F-150, your new F-150 Lightning, your Bronco, your Mach-E, whatever thing you want, electric, you want combustible, you want diesel, we got it all. It's fine. And I can work on all of it and I have parts for all of it. So, and I am very proud that our body shop, we're making um, some really great waves in our body shop. So if you have that small little ding on your bumper, uh, even even if it's not affecting the paint, if it's just a ding, I take care of the paintless dent. I can also take out your bumper scratches, any scratches around your door handles, all those things that have been bothering you about the car that you're making car payments on, I can have taken care of for you very easily. Just send me a picture to bestinclass at billcurry.com, and I will uh, send you back a quick estimate. So again, uh, all great stuff. Visit us at um, billcurryford.com. See all of our amazing specials. Um, see my staff. Uh, Jeff Patterson can order you a new vehicle right over there if you don't want to talk to Grace at gthomas at billcurry.com. As well as wonderful uh, stuff that we have going on on Instagram, Facebook, and follow us at Bill Curry Tampa and Twitter. Thank you, Grace. So all, all those are done. I'm very excited. The Super Bowl is now over. That my favorite time of the year is happening. Uh, I know everybody's upset that football's over, but for me, the football's just starting because we're coming up into the draft, which is the most exciting time in my life. I love these players. I love um, seeing these um, these rookies grow. I like watching them rise the charts, and then I'm so excited on, on actual draft night when I actually see where they go and what homes they're going to pick. Before I get started on my best-in-class all-rookie team, because I have some things that are that are going to really surprise some people on my all-rookie team, and I know that I've gotten several emails about uh, excited about this exact podcast, but I want to read an email from um, Leopold Stotch. It says, hey, Sean, just listen to your podcast. Absolutely loving it, so thank you. I just wanted to give you my two cents on Ferguson, the tight end out of Wisconsin. I am a Wisconsinite, and I can tell you that Wisconsin is just stuck or content in just winning their division. They are set up to beat Iowa or Northwestern and get creamed by either Penn State, Ohio State, or Michigan. I can't tell you how many people just whined how Jay Cohen looks so much better at Notre, at Notre Dame than his time at Wisconsin. So long story short, they're worried more about running an off, in an offensive line and passing game is not really a priority. No receiver wants to go there, especially when the better schools are east of the Lake Michigan. It's not surprising with Ferguson, it was a relatively unknown how well he could catch. 
This is from hearing being stuck with local radio and watching some Badgers games. If there's nothing else, I am a Gators fan. Anyway, keep up the great work. I'm looking forward to your next podcast. Go Bucks, go Gators. Uh, thank you so much, Leopold. For those of you who are just um, learning who Jake Ferguson is, I did a, a few minutes on him in my Senior po- my senior Bowl podcast part two wrap-up on tight ends. Jake Ferguson impressed me so much with his hands. He caught six passes. Such a smooth runner. And where has he, this guy been hiding? Because this guy, this guy should be in the first-round talk. But, of course, because he played at Wisconsin – I definitely think he's going to be a third round pick. I think that's where that's probably where he's going to go, and that's where his ratings are. And I would really like the Bucks to draft Jake Ferguson. And I know that we're in the market for a tight end, and I hope Jason Light's listening. But uh, thank you, Leopold. And Jake Ferguson's definitely uh, a guy that we need to keep our eye on as Bucks fans. All right, let's get started on our best in class rookie team. So the way I broke this down is I did starters and I did backups. So that's how I did it, and I broke down uh, where they were drafted, if they were Pro Bowlers or not, and if I think that they were if they were starting on the Sean Sullivan best-in-class rookie team. And these are my starters, and then I'm going to go through the backups. So let's get started with quarterbacks first. So Mac Jones is my starter, obviously drafted by the New England Patriots. On the year, he had uh, 3,801 yards passing. He had 22 touchdowns. He completed 68% of his passes with a, with a year passer rating of 92.5, which is fantastic. He had 10 wins as a starter, and he made the playoffs. He was the 15th overall pick. And here's the here's the key here. He was the fifth QB taken in the NFL draft, and he made the Pro Bowl his rookie year. So congratulations to Mac Jones. You had an amazing season. You took a non-playoff team to the playoffs. You made the Pro Bowl as a rookie. That's always difficult. You threw for almost 70% completion percentage. You had 10 wins. Um, you threw for almost 4,000 yards. So what a terrific rookie year by Mac Jones at Alabama. He was the fifth QB taken. Four QBs were taken in, in front of him. That's why, guys, this is not an exact science. You fall in love with the player, and then you choose and you pick and you pick him in, in spots that he doesn't deserve to go. Mac Jones, if you guys listened to my podcast last year, breakdown of the top quarterbacks, Mac Jones was somebody I thought should have been the third, should have been the second quarterback taken in, uh, by the 49ers. So I, I just I don't understand why he didn't go there. I'm, I'm sure the 49ers are still trying to figure that out. And Trey Lance, maybe he's maybe he is the next great quarterback. Like Patrick Mahomes when he set for a year, we'll see. But right now, Mac Jones is starting on the Sean Sullivan Best in Class All Rookie Team. Congratulations to Mac Jones. I'm sure this is a big award for him. I'm sure he'll be at home crying with his wife about making this team. All right. So my backup isn't going to be one of those top four first round quarterbacks. It's going to be Davis Mills, uh, who was a third round draft pick out of Stanford by the Houston Texans. This guy is, and I talked about him all year long on the Best in Class podcast. He got better and better and better and better. And in his last six games, he completed 68.4%, almost 70% through nine uh, nine touchdowns, two interceptions. Uh, He had 102 passer rating. If you think about those last six games, the Houston Texans were competitive in all six games. I think they found their quarterback here. I think Davis Mills showed enough to at least go into 2022 as a starter. And I think now they just start building around him. So congratulations to Davis Mills. But... But my starter is Mac Jones. My backup is Davis Mills. Those are the two guys that made the best-in-class all-rookie team. All right, let's get to wide receivers. Let's talk about the fact that a lot of people don't get into the draft, and they say, well, the draft doesn't matter. Well, Jamar Chase is, a, is an example of why the draft matters and how one player can change an entire team around. To take a team from a non-playoff team to, a, to making the Super Bowl, one player can make the difference. 
Jamar Chase, wide receiver at LSU, was the, it was the first receiver taken fifth overall by the Bengals. He made the Pro Bowl as a rookie, catching 1,455 yards receiving, and he had 13 TDs. He was a monster. He had a little bit of a lull during the season, which we talked about in the Best in Class podcast, and then he got better towards the playoffs. He found his groove. So congratulations to Jamar Chase. But here's the thing. Do you have teams right now, let's say the Jacksonville Jaguars, you drafted your top quarterback last year, you don't have a star receiver. When you go into this draft, and after what Cincinnati showed you, what a difference one player on offense can make. You know, a top running back, a top receiver. These, these guys make a massive difference in wins and losses. And you saw it with Jamar Chase. I just, I love it when people tell me, the, oh, the draft doesn't matter. The draft matters. It matters. And that's why these players are difference makers. Jacksonville can draft one player on offense. And I'm not saying there's a Jamar Chase type player, but let's just say they like Garrett Wilson out of Ohio State or Jahad Dotson out of Penn State. These guys are difference makers. I'm not saying they're the level of Jamar Chase, but let's just say they draft him and then you see and then you see a three or four or five win pickup by, by the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars. That's what I'm talking about. That's why I love the draft. That's why I love where these players go, because these guys make the difference. So congratulations to Jamar Chase, starting wide receiver, best in class, pro bowler his rookie year. We talked about him taking the year off. We talked about him before the season started. We said um, that he was going to be a, a terrific player, and he was. So congratulations. So going on to my other starting wide receiver, also – like Mac Jones, he's from Alabama, Jalen Waddell. He was drafted um, sixth overall by the Miami Dolphins. Jalen Waddell was the fastest receiver in the draft. He ran a sub 4-2, which was uh, amazing. And Waddell set a rookie record with 104 receptions. So congratulations, he's now in the Hall of Fame. Uh, not as a player, but as a, as a rookie year. That's going to that 104 receptions. And I think his gloves and, and cleats and everything went into the Hall of Fame. So congratulations, and I hope he has a Hall of Fame career. But we know his rookie year is one for the records. 104 receptions, that's a fantastic job. So between Jamar Chase and Jalen Waddell, that's an amazing tandem to, of talent to come into the NFL. Let's talk about the Heisman Trophy winner, uh, Devontae Smith of the Eagles. 20, 2020 Heisman Trophy winner, immediate difference he made. He led the team in catches with 64. He had 916 yards receiving and five touchdowns. And he was the first-round draft pick of the Eagles. Now, during the scouting of Devontae Smith, after the, the, the uh, after he won the Heisman, they said, well, he's not going to be one of the top receivers taken because of his size, 160 pounds. He's not going to be able to take the beating of the NFL. He's not going to get the same separation uh, that he got, um, you know, at, at Alabama. And I'm like, really? Because I, we talked about him at the beginning of the season. I said, this guy is definitely a difference maker because he gets he gets separation, not just from speed. This guy runs amazing routes and his hands are very good. So I was very impressed with Devontae Smith. So the Eagles got a really great pick. So, so far, Jamar Chase, Jalen Wadden, Devontae Smith, who I think were just can't misses. And I talked about this in my draft podcast last year. You couldn't go wrong with drafting these guys. So let's talk about a guy that made the the best-in-class all-rookie team that's not so heralded. And that's St. Amon Ross St. Brown out of USC. Drafted by the Lions. He was drafted in the fourth round, the 112th pick. This is all he did was he averaged nine yards a catch, 93.3 yards a game, and scored six touchdowns. He's a star, a star player that they found in the fourth round at 112th pick. So congratulations. Here's a guy at USC that put up all the numbers when he was in college. Goes to the combine, runs a slow, a slow time in the combine. Then they go, oh, his hands, his hands are okay. So what happens is you go to the combine, 
the next thing you know, everybody's throwing out the college tape, and everybody's going, well, he doesn't run fast enough. And then they start looking at other things. This guy was a player. I was one that was on a Ron St. Brown from the second week of this season. I was on this podcast and said to everybody, this is a guy that will become Goff's number one target. By the end of the year, he's going to be a star for, for the Detroit Lions. Again, I love being right. I was right about, about Amon Ross St. Brown. He's a player, and congratulations. And I have several guys that I think are like him coming out in this draft that we're going to break down when we draft the, when we break down the wide receivers coming into the draft. So congratulations. So starting receivers, Jamar Chase, J- Jalen Waddell, Devontae Smith, Amal Ross St. Brown. Obviously, that's a solid team with, with Mac Jones starting as your quarterback and Davis Mills as your backup. Now let's get into the tight ends. So as a Florida fan, I know I don't like to talk about Florida players because I think it sounds like uh, I'm a homer. But um, obviously the best tight end this year was Kyle Pitts out of Atlanta. He was the fourth overall pick. The only thing he did was was break 1,000 yards his rookie year. Only one other player in NFL history has done that, and that's Mike Ditka. If you don't know who Mike Ditka is, um, look him up and Google him because he's, he's the man. So Kyle Pitts out of Atlanta, second, time, second tight end of all time to hit 1,000 yards his rookie year. But here's my thing about Kyle Pitts. He caught 1,000 yards. He was a difference maker for, for Matt Ryan, but it did not equate into wins in the tight end position. And my only, my only thought is, um, they drafted him the fourth overall pick. At the fourth overall pick, I think you have to. I, I know it's all great, the thousand yards and everything, but the fact that that the, the the tight end position, I don't know if the tight end position gets you wins. Does it? Does it help move the ball? I mean, he wasn't a big red zone target um, this year. So obviously, uh, Jamar Chase was. He had 13 TDs. You know, Jalen Waddle had um, uh, six. Devonte uh, Smith had five. Amal Ross St. Brown had nine. So, I mean, these are big, big touchdown numbers, big red zone targets. So uh, I, I am saying that, that Kyle Pitts is a great player. I'm happy that he's starting on the best-in-class rookie team. But I don't know if he justifies the fourth overall pick, even being the second tight end to have 1,000 yards. Backup tight end, this is an easy one for me. I talked about Pat Fryermuth. He was a second-round pick of the Steelers. He had 497 yards uh, receiving. Uh, he had 60 receptions, and he had seven uh, touchdowns, which is a fantastic job. For a second-round pick, Pat Firemuth, who's also Pat. Pat was also a terrific blocker, and I actually am probably the only person that talked about this guy the entire season that he was going to be a red zone target for for Big Ben, and he caught seven TDs. So, again, uh, it's good to be right. Congratulations to Pat and Kyle for making the All Rookie Team as my tight ends. Let's get to the running backs now. This is where I'm going to deviate from some of the other publications that you're reading because my top running back is not going to be everyone else's top running back. There was a running back that made the Pro Bowl this year. He's not my top running back. My top running back is Elijah Mitchell out of San Francisco. Okay? He led San Francisco in rushing with 963 yards despite only playing 11 games. Just to give you an idea, he only played 11 games and almost had 1,000 yards. If we break down that pace over 17 games, that's 1,500 yards rushing. So he would have been a major impact without that, with that stupid injury that he had, unfortunately, that cost him seven games. He was a sixth-round pick, the 194th pick overall. This is what I'm saying: is this guy came, um, this guy came out of Louisiana. He was an every-down back there um, for whatever reason, because of his 40 time. They're like, this guy's not an elite running back. He fell to the sixth round, and what did he do? He he rushed for a thousand yards in 11 games. I'm so proud of Elijah Mitchell and all the hard work that he did. He showed that he can play, and I love the value of the sixth-round pick over drafting a guy in the top 10. Uh, so Elijah Mitchell starts for me 
on the best-in-class all-rookie team. His backup is going to be Nigel Harris. Nigel Harris was the obviously first-round draft pick out of Alabama. He made the Pro Bowl as his rookie year at Pittsburgh. He piled up 1,200 yards rushing. He had 74 catches, and he had 10 touchdowns overall. Those are all terrific numbers when you look at them on paper. But if you watch Steelers games, Najee Harris was a three-yard-a-carry guy. Three yards, 3.2, 3.3. He very rarely had a breakout run. I mean, I, he had those long runs that helped him break out some. But to me, he was just a workhorse back. I didn't see him as being special. I think Elijah Mitchell is special. I think Javante Williams is special. You know, I, I, I don't know what I think about Najee Harris. Now, it could be that offensive line in Pittsburgh. It could have been his workload. It could have been a lot of things. I just watched him over and over and over again pile up stats because he was the only guy getting the ball. And I just didn't see what he was doing with those stats. So I'm not super impressed with Najee Harris at this point in his career. But he did make a Pro Bowl, so congratulations to that. But he is not starting on what's the most important thing in his career is the Best in Clyde podcast with Sean Sullivan. You're not the starter. Okay? So that's all that should be going through your head right now. You need to work harder in the offseason. All right, let's get to our center. Our center is Creed Humphrey. He was uh, drafted late in the second round uh, by Kansas City. He started uh, all 17 games, was an, an amazing upgrade at run, and it was very dependable in pass protection. So he's considered to be probably the second best center this year in the NFL. He didn't make the Pro Bowl, but he should have. That's what kind of impact he made on that Kansas City line. We talked about it. We had uh, several emails on him on Best in Class. I've, I've had uh, several people ask me if the Bucks would have drafted him last year, and I believe that they would have had KC not picked him up, you know, because obviously we ended up drafting another center guard out of Notre Dame later in the draft. So I do believe that was a position that um, Jason Light uh, wanted to upgrade. So congratulations to Creed Humphrey. All right, left tackle. This is a hard one because you had – Two rookies playing left tackle that did a terrific job. But I'm going to go with Rashawn Slater out of Northwestern. He was the first-round draft pick of the Chargers. He also made the Pro Bowl at left tackle. This guy was dominating at times. Um, I thought, he, I thought he, he didn't have his best game um, against the Raiders when, when they really needed to win that game to go to the playoffs. But he had a really dominating season. I think he's going to be terrific for a long time. Uh, so Rashawn Slater, my left tackle. My right tackle is Panay Sewell who was the seventh overall pick out of Oregon from the Detroit Lions. He actually played right and left tackle his rookie year and actually played better at right, and they actually and they moved him back and forth. So he has a lot. He has an ability to move between guard and tackle and left tackle and right tackle. I mean, this guy's a super talent. So that's why I went ahead, because Rashawn Slater can't play right, I went ahead and just put Rashawn at left and put Panay Sewell at, at, at right. But it doesn't. it's not an attack on how well Panay um, Sewell played. Although I don't like his penalties. He did have a lot of penalties on the year, and uh, he needs to cut that down going into his second year. But again, so there's my two dominating tackles. And then again, one of them made the Pro Bowl in Rashawn Slater. My guards are going to be Trey Smith out of Kansas City. He was a 226th overall pick, which is crazy. That's By the way, that's sixth round. He was a, out of, he was a player. He was a guard out of Tennessee, and he started 17 games for the Chiefs. So this guy got a red card, basically, going into the draft where they said there's a lot of health concerns about Trey Smith, and that's why he dropped to the sixth round. Obviously, those didn't play out, did they? Um, the guy started 17 games uh, and really solidified that offensive line for KC. Imagine getting a starting guard at the 226th overall pick. That's an amazing job by KC in, in, in their scouting department. So congratulations to Trey Smith. The other guard is Elijah Vera Tucker. 
he was the 14th overall pick out of USC by the Jets. Has was an instant starter from day one and was just solid all year. Elijah Very Tucker is an excellent guard. Uh, I still think 14th is too high for a guard, but you know, I mean, I think that's tackle range. You know, that top 15, but they got a starting a guard, and that's what they got. And he played well, and he started all the games for them, and and he did very well. So recapping your offensive line. You have Creed Humphrey, Rashawn Slater, Penay Sewell, Trey Smith, and Elijah Very Tucker. That's an amazing offensive line. So uh, what a year for, for that, for these guys. All right, moving on to defense. We're going to talk about what I think, who I think was the best player in the 2021 draft, and that was Mika Parsons. He's a defensive end, linebacker, outside linebacker, rush edge um, out of Penn State. He was the 12th overall pick by the Cowboys. He was defensive rookie of the year. He made the Pro Bowl. As a rookie, I'm going to tell you that he's my absolute favorite player from this draft. And I'm trust me when I tell you I'm not a Cowboys fan, but Mika Parsons is the real deal. He is crazy, crazy good. He plays multiple roles, which means he plays the linebacker role and he also plays the edge role. They moved him back and forth however they wanted him. He racked up 13 sacks and get this, 30 quarterback hits as a part-time passer. He didn't even rush the passer full-time. He had 30 quarterback hits and 13 sacks. It's, that's simply just ridiculous. The guy should have been, I, I personally think he should have been in the conversation with TJ Watt and um, uh, for uh, Defensive Player of the Year. I, I, I personally would take Mika Parsons. I, I just think he, he was that much of a difference maker, and I love his ability, like Lawrence Taylor, to be a stand-up uh, linebacker, or can he put his hand in the dirt and rush the passer? I love, love, love that. I love his size. I love the fact that he can play the run. I, I love his physicality, and he showed terrific leadership. So congratulations to Mika Parsons, Pro Bowler. Um, he's a starting defensive uh, end for best in class. Let's get on to, um, you know what? I'm going to skip over one of the edges because I want to talk about this player at corner, Patrick Sertain the second out of Alabama. I absolutely love this kid. First-round draft pick of the Denver Broncos. He played in 16 games. He had 58 tackles, 45 solo tackles, 13 assists, 4 interceptions, 14 pass defense. For, for those of you guys who are not as familiar with what a corner should be doing, those are Pro Bowl numbers, okay? He should have made the Pro Bowl. And, and again, when you play a corner, and I, I was told um, by, um, not personally, but in Bill Parcells' book, he talks about the fact that that the corner position as a rookie is the hardest position to play in the NFL. And here you are, here's a guy that completely excelled at it. So I wanted to bring him up because I, I really think that he's a star player. And I'm happy that he's starting on um, on my best-in-class uh, team. On to the next one. Um, there's an edge uh, out of Miami, Jalen Phillips. Um, he was a first-rounder out of the University of Miami. I think he was a very uh, gifted uh, rusher. Uh, during the draft, uh, they said that he had the quickest first step. But there was injury concerns. There was motor concerns. There was concerns that he only had one move. I went down and I looked at all my tape. I thought, how could, how could they be so wrong on this guy? And I just don't think that there was enough tape in college on him that showed him by himself on like a solo isolation rushing the passer. And I think that's where people get lost. He had eight and a half sacks as a rookie. He had 16 QB hits. He had a very, very good, if not great, rookie year. So congratulations to Jalen Phillips. First rounder out of Miami. Another terrific pick by the Miami Dolphins, who had a terrific draft, which we're going to talk about that. Linebacker edge, um, Odif Owe. I know he changed his first name, so I'm just going to call him Owe. He was the Ravens' first-round draft pick out of Penn State. 33 tackles, five sacks, one pass deflected, th- forced three fumbles, recovered two of the three that he forced. 
Um, just had an outstanding year as an edge rusher, outside linebacker in a th- in a three four. So really, really proud of his progress. This was a guy that did not have a sack his rookie year. Um, sorry, his senior year at Penn State didn't have a sack. Comes in and gets five as an NFL player and thirty three tackles. At times he looked dominant, and then he and then other times you know just like all rookies he has those games where he, you don't even recognize him. Uh, and I think they just hit that wall. I think next year you're going to really see a breakout from him. So congratulations on the Ravens. They seem to hit on these guys every single year. All right, another defensive uh, player, outside linebacker in the 3-4, um, Aziz Oljeleri from the Giants. Oljeleri was a productive pass rusher. at had eight sacks. He had 13 QP uh, hits. He was that second-round pick in the University of Georgia. I think the Giants found a guy here in the second round that's going to be able to rush the passer, plays the edge, seals the edge, plays the run very, very well. You know, for the Giants who did not have a good draft, Aziz um, Adjulari is is a terrific uh, player. I think you're going to see with with eight sacks and 13 QB, that's only going to improve next year when they fix that defensive line. So congratulations there. On to my tackles. Uh, We talked about Christian Barrymore all year. He was a five-star recruit who went to Alabama, played very well at Alabama. And then then when he was coming out, there was questions about his motor and his love for the game. So New England actually got him in the second round, which I think was a steal. He had 46 tackles as an interior defensive tackle, one and a half sacks and two pass deflected. I think that he played extremely well in a very weak defensive tackle class in 2021. I think we're going to see a lot of terrific defensive tackles coming out in this year's draft in 2022. And when we do our draft breakdown, I'm very excited to go through a bunch with you. And then we're going to talk about the Detroit Lions with Levi Onowazuki, the second-round pick out of Washington from the Detroit Lions. He was the 41st uh, overall pick. The Lions had a terrific draft. He had 34 tackles, a sack, two pass deflected. He really helped shore up the run defense for the Lions. I think they need to add somebody next to him. He played extremely well, but those are my two tackles. I think that's my weakest part of my team. Is I think that those two guys are my weakest, but the team is still getting stronger. So let's talk about Jeremiah Wusukomora, a guy that I talked about in best in class from week one. He was a second-round pick out of Notre Dame of the Browns. I said he should have been a top 15 pick in the first round. What on earth are these guys looking at? The guy had 76 tackles, one and a half sacks. He forced two fumbles. He had four pass deflections and three interceptions. Okay, those are Pro Bowl numbers. Okay, so Jeremiah Wusukumura got hurt and missed um, four games on the season, but he had 76 tackles. This guy, when he played, was all over the field. He's a superstar for the for the Browns. So congratulations, you picked him up in the second round. But again, that guy's a player. He's awesome, and uh, he's going to have a terrific career. Gregory Newsom is going to be one of my other corners. It was drafted by the Browns, who had a terrific draft out of Northwestern. He was a first-round corner. He had 37 tackles and, and had nine pass deflects, deflections. And I think the biggest part of Gregory Newsom's game is he's definitely a Brown. He plays super aggressive, very, very good tackler, very physical at the line of scrimmage, comes down, plays to run, can can play man and can play zone. So what a, what a year he had. I'm very proud of Gregory Newsom. I think I, I started talking about him on week five. I started seeing his physical style of play and really falling in love with him because I was watching Jeremiah Owusu Kamara and actually got to watch a lot of Gregory Newsom at the same time. So the Browns did a hell of a job getting these two guys uh, last year. We're going to talk about uh, Eric Stokes, cornerback out of Georgia that the Packers drafted in the first round. I lo- the reason why I like Eric Stokes and the reason why I chose him over somebody, say, like in the, in the Raiders, you know, the Raiders had uh, a couple of terrific guys like Hobbs, who was a rookie, he was a six-round draft pick. The reason why I took Eric Stokes, he played in bigger games for the Packers. He was on their top wide receiver of the defense. He had 52 tackles. Here's the thing. He had 14 pass deflections, which is amazing for a rookie, and he had one pick. So 
I just really liked Eric Stokes. He hung in there. He played against some top talent, and he still got 14 pass deflections and 52 tackles. So congratulations to Eric Stokes. So I have two very physical corners in, in Eric Stokes and Gregory Newsom, and then Patrick Sertain is my, is my star player on that. Going into safety, there's no shortage of great safeties that came out this past year. I think you have some really terrific guys, and you guys all know this if you listen to Best in Class, that uh, I love Javon Holland. He was Miami's Dolphins' second-round pick out of Oregon. Miami had a terrific draft. We're going to go over that in the offseason. Javon Holland is a Pro Bowl starting safety. This guy is no joke. Returns kicks, returns punts, shuts down um, the run, plays man amazingly. He had 70 tackles, two and a half sacks, 10 pass deflections, two interceptions, forced three fumbles, recovered all three fumbles. This guy is a beast. So we've talked about him all year. You knew he was going to make my team if you listen to this podcast. Congratulations to Javon Holland and to his family for making the best-in-class all-rookie team. And getting on to my other safety, uh, I actually got a Raider on my on here, which is amazing. So Trayvon uh, Morig, and this was the Raiders' second-round pick out of TCU, which this guy had like 6'3", he was like 235, very big guy, has the speed, but they were like, can he play in the NFL? Not only can he play in the NFL – he allowed 90 receiving yards on 585 coverage snaps this season. So on 585 snaps where he was a starting safety, that, that he was responsible for his man, he only gave up 90 receiving yards. That is one of the best stats that I can give you from any safety in the NFL. So Trayvon Morig is an absolute star for the Raiders. So between Holland and Morig, if you think about that, it's your starting safeties with Stokes, Newsom, and Patrick Sertain. And then, and then you have Koromora as one of your linebackers and Aziz um, Ujulari. And then um, you have Owe and then Phillips. you got some amazing. And then then guess what? You throw in a little bit of Mike, Mika Parsons, right? You throw in a little bit of that, and then you got something cooking. I mean, you got some really great stuff here. So congratulations to all the players that made the 21 best-in-class all-rookie team. I hope you guys really enjoyed this breakdown. Uh, I know that I got so many emails excited about this, so I hope it met your expectations. Uh, thank you uh, for listening. Thank you to my South Koreans for making me the number one downloaded podcast in South Korea for sports. That's always exciting. Thank you for the growing population of South Floridians. Thank you for the incoming emails. I'm very gracious and honored to get them. Uh, please follow us at Bill Curry Tampa and visit us at BillCurryFord.com. Uh, follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Also, please go on there to Curry Cares and see the 41 active charities that the Curry family uh, um, is active in with the Curry Cares Foundation that Jennifer Curry started, which does an amazing job. Contact me if you need a vehicle. Contact me if you need a pricing. Contact me if you need to order a car or if you need your car serviced. If you need the body shop or you need parts, I'm available to you. And I definitely want to talk football with you. Uh, so you guys have a great night. Grace, did I leave anything out? You didn't. All right, Grace. Then, uh, then Sean Sullivan out. I'll see you guys next time.